0: Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. How do you trust God when everything around you seems so crazy? How can you rest in the fact that God is good when the world can't even seem to agree on what good means? While there may not be an easy button for it, trusting and following God in unsettling times is not only possible, but powerful. As we take a closer look at the life of King Hezekiah in our current series, Trust Me, we'll see how discovering God's best path for our lives starts with surrendering it to Him. So let's dive in and continue the Upper Journey. Great to see you guys. Happy Father's Day. Dads, could you stand up for us? Dads, could we just give our dads a big hand of appreciation and love? Love y'all so much. Love y'all. Oh, what a great blessing our dads are. I just look around this room and I see so many wonderful godly fathers who are raising up a generation to live for Jesus in our world, and I'm so proud and so thankful, and we have such a wonderful gift for you today after church, dads. We have the ultimate Father's Day gift, maple, bacon, donuts. Can you imagine anything better? Whew. Somebody told me coming in this morning said for Father's Day upwards giving everybody diabetes. So, uh, <laughs> but we're not. No, we believe in healing. One donut's not going to kill you. We believe in healing, so you're going to be okay. All right, love y'all. Thank you so much. We're still talking about Hezekiah. We'll actually conclude our series called Trust Me. The life of King Hezekiah today, and we have really learned some great things from King Hezekiah. I heard a preacher say this recently. He said, "If you uh, look through the culture today, you will still see a lot of boys' names, and the kids are named after Old Testament prophets, right?" And I didn't realize that until I started looking. There are a whole lot of Old Testament prophets whose names are still alive. You know, you got Isaiah, Daniel, Jonah. Micah, all these wonderful prophets, but he said this, he said, rarely do you hear names of Old Testament kings because they were so bad. Anybody heard a baby named Jehoshaphat recently? (laughs) Never. Jeroboam, who's named their child Jeroboam? I don't know of any of those. Uh, You're not going to do that, right? I mean, you may hear a couple of good ones, and there were some good ones like Josiah, that's still around. He was a good king. David, you still hear a lot. He was the greatest king of Israel. But out of 43 kings, there were only four that were really, really good, and Hezekiah was one of those And we've learned that the reason Hezekiah could be so consistently good throughout his lifetime is that he trusted God almost all the time. Almost every decision he made, he put his trust, his faith, his confidence in God. And I want to tell Upward today, and I want you to understand this. When you trust God, good things happen. When you trust God, He shows up on your behalf. And it happened in Hezekiah's life again and again and again. But near the end of his life, sadly, Hezekiah made a great mistake. And we can learn, even from good people, even when they make mistakes, we can learn what not to do. And in Hezekiah's life, he made a huge mistake. And isn't it frustrating and sad that in one moment, this is a challenge to all of us, in one moment, you can mess up a reputation that took you a lifetime to build. That frustrates me. It's really sad. I've known people who all their lives lived good lives and godly lives and had a good reputation, but in one moment of temptation, threw it all away. Now, Hezekiah did not quite do that. But he left a legacy for his nation that just was not the greatest because of an instance in his life that he just didn't trust God. Here's the big mistake that he made. And I'll just bet you've made the same mistake. I know I have. Here's what he did. He allowed people into his life that didn't need to be there. He made alliances with people who were not godly. He opened the door of his heart and his life to people who came in and eventually destroyed him. I read a quote the other day, and I just want to see how many of us might agree with this quote. A man named Jim Rohn said this. He said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. How many think that's probably a a true statement? Uh, Well, I'm glad four of us do here this morning. That's a good way to start our sermon here today. Uh, How many think that's probably true? You become the average of the people you hang out with the most. There are those who pull you up a little bit higher, and inspire you to godliness than there are those who challenge you and maybe hold you back just a little bit. Uh, whether you agree with that quote or not, I can promise you that the people you allow into your life determine so much about your life, either for good or for bad. And Hezekiah just blew it here. These people we're going to read about today that he led into his life, led into his kingdom, eventually took down the kingdom of Judah. Now let's look at the story. God has just healed Hezekiah. Hezekiah was deathly sick. We talked about it last week. He was going to die. In fact, his friend, the prophet Isaiah, came in and said, you're going to die. Set your house in order. Get your affairs in order. Get your life insurance all straightened out because you're going to die really soon. Everybody knew that Hezekiah was dying. It was obvious to the kingdom and obvious to the world around him. Yet Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and he prayed, and God turned Isaiah around and said, Go back to him. I've seen his tears. I've heard his prayers. I'm going to heal Hezekiah and give him 15 more years of life. How many believe God still brings healing to his people? As we ask and as we pray, we serve a Jesus that's still in the healing business today. He is the great physician, so he healed Hezekiah. Right before that, in chapter 19, Hezekiah was facing an impossible situation when the armies of the Assyrians were all around Jerusalem, 185,000 soldiers. 185,000 tents were all around the city of Jerusalem and they turned to God and prayed. And one night while Hezekiah and the rest of the kingdom was asleep, God came in and did battle against the Assyrians. And the king of the Assyrians, Sennacherib, turned home and went home in shame because God showed up. God had just showed up in a huge way in Hezekiah's life. Anybody here today that God showed up in your life in a huge way before? God just did something amazing and unbelievable. You were in a situation, a predicament that nobody could bring you out of, and God showed up and answered prayer. That's the kind of Jesus that we serve. He delights in coming to our rescue when we're hurting. Amen. Hezekiah got this. He experienced these two great blessings, and word began to get out all over his world. Hezekiah's got it going on. You see, Sennacherib had run over everybody in his world, he'd taken city after city after city. I think there were like uh, 40 cities that Sennacherib conquered. The only one he did not conquer that he set out to conquer was Jerusalem because they had God on their side. Word got around. Did you hear Sennacherib laid siege to Jerusalem and he had to go back home in shame? Wow, what's going on with Hezekiah? Then word got out Well, Hezekiah was sick and he's dying, and all of a sudden Hezekiah is healed. And word started to spread the God of Hezekiah is really something. The God of Hezekiah does miracles. Boy, that's the word we need to get out in our community, that Jesus Christ is Lord. The word we need to get out in our community. Did you hear what's going on in the churches of Henry? No, I didn't say just upward because it's not just about us. Can I get an amen on that? I was so blessed this morning. I had to run an errand, and I went to another church this morning, and I walked in, and the pastor prayed for me, and I prayed for him. Why, we're doing the same thing this morning. They're just right down the road here, but we're praying for each other. And what people need to hear, amen, amen. I don't want you going out telling people how great Upward is, and please don't go telling them how great I am. I know you want to. (laughs) That was sarcasm. Um, Tell them how great Jesus is. Amen. Tell them how great Jesus is. And Jesus is at Upward this morning. Jesus is at Upward Baptist this morning. Jesus is at the bridge this morning. Jesus is over here at Two Church this morning. Jesus is at Builtmore this morning. Jesus is doing all kinds of great things. Word needs to get out in Henderson County. Jesus is Lord, and he's doing great things in his church. Amen. That's the word we want to get out. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, don't say... Pastor Andy, don't say upward, say Jesus, because that's who it's about. That's the one that's going to change their life. So word gets spreading out everywhere about Hezekiah. And I want you to hear this principle. Success will attract people into your life. Whenever God's doing something in your life, people are going to come around to find out what's going on. They're going to want to get in on some of the success, and that's a wonderful thing. Success will attract people in your life, but there's a caution to that. Uh, 2 Kings 20, verse 12 says this, Soon after this, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah his best wishes and a gift, for he'd heard that Hezekiah had been very sick. So we've got the son of the king of Babylon, and if you know your Bible history, you know what's going to happen about a hundred years forward. About a hundred years fast forward, a little over a hundred years fast forward, The Babylonians overtook Jerusalem and the Babylonians took Hezekiah's kingdom. Hezekiah was gone, but they took them into captivity. This is one of their first relationships with the people they're about to take into captivity. But they don't come to Hezekiah saying, Hey, guess what? We're going to take you captive. They come to Hezekiah with a smile and a gift. That's just like our enemy people say, do you believe in the devil? You bet I do. Are you crazy enough to believe in the devil? How can you look at what's going on in this world today and not believe there is a devil? There's evil in this world. The Bible said we have an enemy against us. Jesus called him the thief in John 10. He said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil wants to wreck your life, and he doesn't come in saying, hello, I'm the devil, and I'm here to destroy you. He comes with a smile and a gift. And that's what happened here. Babylonian envoys came to Hezekiah with gifts and with smiles. And they said, we've heard what God's been doing in your life, and we just want to get to know you a little better. We just want to enter into a relationship with you. This envoy, it was an offer of an ongoing relationship. So he gets successful. He starts attracting people. And then all these people come with gifts What did I say? Success will attract people into your life. But I want you to hear this and I want you to please hear it well. This can save somebody. Not everyone who is attracted to you belongs in your life. I'm going to say it again. Not everybody who shows up belongs in an intimate place in your life. say, Pastor, aren't we supposed to love everybody? Sure. This is one of the things Christians often often miss. There's a difference between ministry and fellowship. There's a difference between ministry and fellowship. Ministry is when you are helping someone and you're pouring out for them and you're sacrificing for them and you're blessing them. And it's a wonderful thing. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we owe that to people. We do owe them ministry. When we see someone who's sick Jesus said, go to them. When we see someone in these clothes, we get them clothes. You guys are giving them paper towels this morning. We're collecting food and we're collecting uh, toiletry supplies for the storehouse. And I saw so many people coming in with toilet paper and paper towels. And that's awesome. It's what the church is called to do, to be here for people who can't help themselves. That's ministry and that's wonderful. But fellowship is when you sit down with a person and you let them into your life, you let them into your heart, and there's not just a ministry flow outward. There's a flow back and forth. You're investing in them and they're investing in you. You're opening your heart to them for them to pour something into your life. And you don't do that with everybody. Solomon said, guard your heart. For your heart determines so many things. And the course of your life is determined by your heart. You just don't open up your heart to anybody who shows up. Now, who was this guy? Merodach Baladin. Was he coming to Hezekiah as a real friend? How might you and I determine whether or not to let someone fellowship with us and pour into our life? I want to give you two things that Hezekiah should have considered that he didn't with merodach Balad. Number one, consider their history. When you're thinking about allowing someone into your life, opening your doors, opening your heart, opening your secrets to them, consider their history. This guy merodach Baladin had had quite a history. He'd actually been king of Babylon before. And he'd wound up banished from the kingdom. The Babylonians kicked him out. Sargon II, the next king, kicked him out. Later on in life, he was king again briefly for a year. He kind of had an unstable past. He was on the throne, thrown off the throne. And then for a time, merodach Baladin had been an ally of the Assyrians, who were the enemies of Hezekiah. He comes along and said, yeah, Hezekiah, I hate the Assyrians too. Don't build a relationship on the basis of a mutual enemy. I'm giving you some wisdom this morning. I sure hope you appreciate this on Father's Day. And any time you make an alliance with somebody based on somebody else that you both hate, probably not a good foundation for a successful godly relationship. This guy had a history. He'd been an ally of the enemies of God, of the enemies of Jerusalem. And he'd be in and off the throne of Babylon again and again. It seems like he was the kind of guy who jumped in with people that had benefited his agenda at the moment. And when he was finished with them, he moved on to someone else. You ever been around people like that? They're your bud as long as you're furthering their agenda. But when they're done with you, they're moving on. Not the kind of people you want to let in your life. Now, I want to say this, and I want it to be clear. When I say consider a person's history, I want, to, I want you to understand this. In Jesus Christ, we can break free from our history. And that is good news this morning. Some of us have a past in here that we are glad is behind us. But it is still, it is still wise that when you're considering letting someone into your life, that you consider their past And if they have an unstable past with alliances with your enemies, if they come and go in and out of people's lives all the time, you need to consider that before you let them into their heart. And before you do, you need to establish that they have changed from who they were. I'm glad Jesus erases our history. When we come to Christ, old things are passed away, all things are new. But I'm going to tell you this. Before I'm going to let you into my life and into my heart for fellowship, you're going to have a little track record. Did I just make you mad? It felt like you just got quiet on me all of a sudden. The Bible said, bring forth fruits of repentance. Before I'm going to let you in my life, you're going to show me something. People say, well, you ought to... Give me your trust. Trust is not given, trust is earned. People say, uh, we talked to people before and say, you need to forgive somebody. They said, Forgive them. I can't let them back into my life. I didn't say, Let them back into your life. I said, Forgive them. Forgiveness does not mean I let you back into the same relationship I once had with you. This is good preaching. If I do say so myself, this is good. (laughs) Forgiveness just means I'm free, but I'm not stupid. (laughs) Doesn't mean I'm going around for round two again. Christian, guard your heart. Check their history. Second thing you need to do, and Hezekiah should have done this, is consider their motives. What are the motives they have in your life? You just watch people and you learn a lot. Anybody in the room ever hired somebody? You you hire people on your job? Can I see your hands? Can I see them? Hopefully there's more than that. There are more jobs out there now than that, right? Anybody hired people? That's a difficult job right there. Anybody? And I'm good at it. Say amen for our team right now. I'm good at it. (laughs) Our team is good at that. We got great people. Every time I see our team, I'm like, yeah, man, yes. We do a good job of that. You ever fired people? Can I see your hands? Nobody's good at that. If you are good at that, let us pray for you. (laughs) When you hire people, you know what you do? You look at their resume, consider their history. And if they've had 10 jobs in five years, you need to find out why. If you go on a date with somebody and they've been with 15 people in the last six months, I sat down with a lady once at our, uh, one of our First Steps class, and she was telling us her church history, and I'm always interested to hear their church history. She said, Preacher, we just love Upward and we love you. We love this church so much. You're the best preacher we ever heard, and this is the best church we've ever been to. And believe me, we've tried. She said, We've been in Henderson County eight years, and we've been in 28 churches. And when she said, "Uh, You get it, and Upward gets it. We're here to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say she's not here this morning. (laughs) Let's just say two weeks later, she was gone. Because all of a sudden, I didn't get it anymore. History, right? Best indicator of future performance is often past performance. Now, Jesus can step in and change things, but before you invite them in, look at their history, look at their motives as well. Merodach Baladin had all kinds of motives. You see, his motive was to get back in power with Babylon and overthrow the Assyrians, which actually happened eventually. And if your desire is to overthrow the Assyrians, guess who you want as your friend? The guy whose god defeated the whole Assyrian army while he was asleep. Hezekiah's got a track record of victory over these people. So the motives of Merodach-Baladan is make friends with Hezekiah because he can help me with my agenda. See, what you've got to understand with people is sometimes people come into your life with an agenda and they want you to accomplish something for them. Here's what you do. You sit down with them and you have a conversation. You take them to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh, man, you just go to Cracker Barrel. You can work out anything. <laughs> but you have to have some of the hash brown casserole on the table. <laughs> if you get to Cracker Barrel and you get some of that hash brown casserole on the table, anything's possible. I believe that. I really do. I really believe. I do. I'm serious. People be having a problem in church and I say, just let me take them to Cracker Barrel and we'll work this out. But when you have a conversation with them, listen, listen to what they say. And it's the whole thing, the whole thing about how you can help them or is there any interest in your life and how they can serve I listen for that when people come to want to be friends. I listen for that for people who come to Upward. I listen for it as are they coming to Upward for what we can give to them? Because we definitely want to give to you and we want to bless you. But understand, we do not want to build up a congregation of people who just need us to spoon feed them all the time. Can I get an amen? We're raising up leaders who are going to be strong, who are going to go out and change this community. They're going to see this as a fueling station. This is not going to be a thing that I got a bunch of baby birds and I got to throw a worm in your mouth every Sunday to keep you happy. Oh boy, that sounded rough, didn't it? (laughs) But are they just there? Just give me, give me, give me. Consider their motives. What did Hezekiah do? He didn't consider any of this. He jumped right in and invited them into his kingdom. Guess what good old Hezekiah did? And I'm just telling you, nice people do this all the time. You can be too nice. Nice people just want to bring people in and their heart is so, oh, come on and just be a part when you need to have some Holy Spirit inspired discernment. Hezekiah did this, verse 13. Hezekiah received the Babylonian envoys and showed them everything showed them everything. showed them everything, everything in his treasure houses, the silver, the gold, the spices and the aromatic oils. He also took them to see his armory. Oh what? Any military folks, is that a good strategy? To show somebody who's going to conquer you all your weapons? Show them everything in the royal treasuries. They went through his bank accounts. There was nothing in his palace or kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. Why was he doing this? He wanted an alliance. Somehow, some way, Hezekiah felt like he needed them in his life to be successful. Now, let me ask you this question: How many soldiers did Hezekiah? He was terribly outnumbered. If you'll remember a couple of weeks back when the Assyrians laid siege to Jerusalem, it was 185,000 to 10,000. Hezekiah didn't have a prayer if you consider numbers. But let me ask you this: How many soldiers did he really need to defeat all those? Goose egg zero. He didn't need one soldier, no boots on the ground. He had a God in heaven who fought for him. He didn't need these people. I'm going to tell you something. When you've got God, you don't need them. Now, yes, we need the body of Christ. We need our brothers and sisters But we don't need to make unholy alliances to people out of some sense of not being complete. Don't you love that movie, Jerry Maguire? Let me just tell you how beautiful it ends. If you've never seen it, it is such a beautiful film. Oh, wow, it just moves my heart. (laughs) Renee Zellweger's there in the room, and Tom Cruise comes in, and he's just got this look, and it's just... Pure Hollywood love <sighs> hits me right here. Just, you know, when I watch The Notebook, I'm just like, "Oh yes." <laughs> we were in a seminar yesterday, and the lady had a wonderful teaching, and she gave an illustration out of The Notebook, and I'm like, "Oh Lord!" And I just wanted to tell her, I said, "Could you just quote something from Braveheart, so I'll feel better, please?" <laughs> Just give me a brave heart quote. Freedom do something like that, please. <laughs> Tom Cruise comes in and Renée Zellweger's there and he says, "You complete me." That's powerful. And then she says the immortal words, "You had me at hello." <laughs> if you go around living your life of trying to find that person who completes you, you're in big trouble. Because there's nobody out there that's going to complete you. There's only one who can truly complete you, and that's Jesus Christ. Healthiest marriage in the world are two people who are complete in Him coming together with their completeness in Jesus to sacrificially love and serve each other, not to have some need to be completed. Amen. I should have saved that for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Hezekiah felt like he needed them to complete him. And he really didn't. He had a couple of problems here. He was inviting people to a level of intimacy in his life that they had not earned. We're so quick to show people everything to get them into our lives because we think we need them. Right? We let them into our beds to try and keep them. If you go to bed with someone to try to preserve the relationship, you're starting out really bad because you're having to give up something to keep that person. Now, How many of us have ever messed up in that area? A bunch of us. Nobody's saying amen right now. Nobody's even moving. (laughs) Nobody even moved. You guys look like 500 statues when I said that. It's like, don't even move. Don't even move. (laughs) If you've messed up on that, hey, Jesus Christ forgives you. But don't keep making the same mistake. Don't give people everything. Don't let them into your bed. Don't let them into your bank account. Don't let them into your heart until they have track record of loving you and serving you. Right? Call me old-fashioned. Call me old-fashioned, but I believe marriage, we're supposed to save ourselves for that person who's willing to dedicate their life to us before we let them in. Amen. It's not some prude, puritanical thing that needs to be abandoned. It's something that needs to be rediscovered. We just throw out intimacy to anybody out of a sense of needing them. Hezekiah had two problems. Number one, a problem of pride, he had to impress everybody with all his stuff. One of the greatest things you can do is realize that you are complete in Jesus Christ and you don't have to impress anyone with your stuff. Some of you need to just get free of that today and understand that Jesus is everything. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. You can be complete in your relationship with Him and you don't have to impress anybody anymore with anything you have or anything you do. You don't have to buy a hunk of metals with wheels on it to impress anybody. You know what a car is? Is something to get you from point A to point B. It's not a statement of your value. You don't have to have the biggest house in town. You don't have to wear all the latest and the greatest. When you really surrender to Jesus, you can wear black golf shirts every day. Oh, goodness. What Hezekiah did not do with his problem of pride, he had an opportunity to tell them how good God had been to him. He had an opportunity to tell the rulers of Babylon all this is because of God's grace in my life. You don't have to impress anybody, just point them to Jesus Christ. I'm not up here trying to be the best preacher in town or have the best church in town. I just want to point people to Jesus because he is everything. Hezekiah, there's no record he took them into the temple. There's no record he showed them the godly things. He just showed them the stuff he'd been stored up. He could have done a lot of good, but he was lifted up in pride. Then he had a problem not only of pride, but a problem of trust. Now some people are jumping on board with this right now saying, yeah, preacher, I hear you. I hear what the preacher said. Don't trust anybody. It's not the message I want you to take home today. Because when you don't trust anybody, you shut up your heart and you imprison yourself. But I'm saying don't trust just anybody. When he showed them the treasury... That action was to imply, implies that he was ready to make an alliance with them, a political and military alliance. And he felt like he needed it even after God had shown his power. His friend, Hezekiah's friend Isaiah, wrote this in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1. And I want you to hear this. He said, What sorrow awaits my rebellious children? You make plans that are contrary to mine, but I want you to hear this one you make alliances not directed by my Spirit. Could we today on Father's Day, could we make the decision together that we're not going to make alliances that are not directed by God's Spirit? That we're not going to open the door of our hearts and our lives to people unless they have a track record of loving and serving us, and unless God's Spirit directs it to be so. Make that decision now. Now, some of you may need to clean up some things. Some of you may need to look at the five people you're hanging out with the most and say, we got to make a change. Now, Now, leave your spouse out of that. Pastor Andy is not giving you permission to go home to church today saying, hey, bud, time's up. Pastor Andy said, you are out. (laughs) He's sitting there with that maple donut in his mouth going, what happened? (laughs) That's not what we want. Trying to bust up marriages today. Uh Uh-uh. I'm saying people you've allowed into your life that you know that person's not helping me get anywhere. Can I still love that person? Yes. Can you still minister to that person? Yes. You've just got to make up your mind not to let them dump into you things that are wrecking your life. No more. No more. Amen. May God give us the courage to do that. May God give some of us today the understanding that we can trust God for everything. We know we need His body. But we don't need everybody's approval. We don't need everybody to like us. Oh, I'm preaching to me right now. We don't need everybody to be happy with us for us to be happy with God. Let's trust Him. Amen. It's really time for me to close and I haven't finished the story. Isaiah the prophet went to Hezekiah and he asked him, what did those men want? Isaiah had mama radar. Anybody know what mama radar is? If I'd go out and do something wrong, I'd come home and mom would look at me and say, where have you been? Anybody else have a mama like that that had the radar that knew? Isaiah's like, what's been going on in here? Something's not right. What did they want? Where are they from? Hezekiah said, they came from the distant land of Babylon. What did they see in your palace? Oh, Isaiah's reading the mail now. That's kind of like, whoa. He said, well, I showed them everything I own. Isaiah said, listen to this message from the Lord. The time's coming when everything in your palace, all the treasures stored up by your ancestors until now all of them will be carried off to Babylon because you let the wrong people in. I don't want the treasures of your life to be carried off by an enemy. Guard your heart. Watch who you're with. You know, some of you can get that person that's poisoning your life out and replace them with a person that will fill your life. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day. And thank you for the time we have together. Bless our dads today in a powerful and mighty way. And I ask you, God, draw somebody to you today with heads bowed and eyes closed across the congregation. If you're here today and you're saying yes to Jesus Christ, no fear, we're not going to embarrass you. Would you just put your hand up high and say, today I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I can't even see you right now. So let's just applaud for the hands that have gone up that I haven't seen online, online, saying yes to Jesus. How many would say, Pastor, there are some alliances I've made? And I want to break those alliances in Jesus' name. I want to break them and move free and move out of toxic relationships. Can I see your hands today? God bless you. God bless you. God set people free. How many can say, Pastor, I need some godly people in my life. Pray for me. Pray for me that I'd get the right people on my team. Can I see your hands? I see them. Yes, you need those godly people. May God just make it so today. If you're saying yes to Jesus today, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I invite you to be my Savior and my Lord. I ask you to forgive my sins. I repent of my sins and the way I've been headed. And I turn to you and I surrender my life to you. Now take it, use it mightily in the days ahead. You pray that prayer. God hears it this morning and we celebrate you that you've said. And we celebrate what he's done as you've said yes to him this morning. Amen, amen. Ready to be blessed this morning? Hey, we believe in the power of spoken blessing. Amen. Now, now the first, don't, don't put your hands up yet because you don't want this part. Because this blessing starts with a curse. Nobody wants this. You're not going to have it because we kicked that out of here today. Jeremiah wrote this. He said, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Nope, we're not having that right. Now the blessing. You ready? Now you can lift your hands and receive this. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. That is the word of the Lord and the blessing over your life today. With that blessing, I commission you go in the power of the Holy Spirit and take Jesus into your world. Tell His story and love with His love. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Father's Day. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.